Are you looking for a way to capture the hearts of your kids this Christmas? Do you want them to have a deeper understanding of the Christmas story? I have a solution for you. Don't go away. Welcome to episode 13 of the Family Bible Connection podcast with Laurie Christine. Hey mama, do you ever feel inadequate to teach your kids about God? Do they have questions about the Bible that you don't know how to answer? Do you want to have family devotions, but you're just not sure where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Family Bible Connection, a community of moms who desperately need Jesus for every step of our parenting journey. We want our kids to know the Bible and grow in their love for God and others. We want to prepare our kids to go into the world as passionate followers of Jesus. I'm your host, Laurie Christine. Through devotional resources, family routines, and Bible study, I will teach you how to create a Christ-centered culture in your home. Merry Christmas, beautiful mamas. How are you doing? I am so excited for Christmas and for the next couple episodes. I have something really fun planned for you guys, and I am excited to tell you all about it. I have an ebook that is called The Night the Angels Got Lost. And it is the story of Christmas through the eyes of a young shepherd girl. We are going to be reading this story over the next few weeks right here on the podcast. And I can't wait to share it with you. And it will almost be like a short audiobook. You are welcome to grab your kids and listen to the episodes together. And there are discussion questions that go along with each section of the story. But if you don't want to wait for three weeks to finish the story and to hear the ending, you can download a free copy for yourself. If you go to christmasstory.faith, you can download your own free digital copy of The Night the Angels Got Lost. And I have a link for you in the show notes. So without further ado, here is The Night the Angels Got Lost. Or so I thought. Christmas through the eyes of a young shepherd. How to use this book. The Night the Angels Got Lost is a captivating three-part family Christmas devotional for kids ages 6 to 10. Light a fire in the fireplace, grab a warm blanket, and snuggle up with your family in front of the Christmas tree. Matching jammies are optional, but recommended. Open with prayer, asking God to speak to your children's hearts with his message. Together, you can read the story in one sitting or break it up into several 10-minute readings throughout the week. Discussion questions are included after each section to help your children think more deeply about the meaning of the story instead of just repeating facts. Through the first-hand narrative of a young shepherd girl, this story will help to capture your children's attention and connect with their hearts as together you celebrate the arrival of the promised child. Introduction The story of Christmas didn't just begin one bright night in Bethlehem. The baby in the manger is the climax of a story that began before the world was created. God's plan from the beginning was to live among his people. God created us in His image, and our purpose has always been to radiate His glory to all creation. But when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God, they destroyed our ability to reflect God's glory. 
God could no longer live among the people he created because every person would now be born with a sinful heart, a heart that has fallen short of God's glory. Continuing to pursue his beloved children, God put a rescue plan in action to restore our broken relationship with him so that we could once again live as close friends of God. For thousands of years, God's people waited in eager anticipation of the promised child, the one who would crush the head of the evil serpent, the one who would free them from the oppression of the Romans, the one who would bring peace to the world. The Jewish people were expecting someone with power and prestige to appear on the scene and save the day. But the unique way God chose to send the Savior into the world took everyone by surprise especially one group of shepherds, watching their flocks, as they always did, on a hillside outside a little town called Bethlehem. Luke 2, 1-20 New Living Translation In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Day 1. The Life of a Shepherd Girl My name is Abigail, and I'm a shepherd girl. My dad is a shepherd too, just like my grandfather before him. We live in Bethlehem, a small town in the hills of Judea. 
My family provides sheep for the temple in nearby Jerusalem, about six miles to our north. Thousands of people travel to Jerusalem every year to offer sacrificial lambs at the temple. It is our job to make sure the lambs are perfect and spotless, without any blemishes or defects at all. Being a shepherd is hard work because, well, sheep are dumb. They constantly need someone to watch over them. If you're not paying attention, they'll wander off and get lost, or worse, hurt themselves. We all have to take turns guarding the sheep from foxes and lions and other animals that might try to harm our flocks. They can't be left alone even for a few minutes. Not only do we shepherds have hard work to do, but we also have a hard life to live. We aren't exactly considered high-class members of society. After long days and nights out in the fields, we are usually pretty grimy and smelly. The Jewish law states that we are ritually unclean, since we have to shovel sheep poo every day. Ugh, so gross. Shepherds used to be important people in our society, but not so much anymore. My dad told me that Abraham, the founder of our Jewish people, was a very rich and respected shepherd. Rachel, the wife of Abraham's grandson, Jacob, started out as a young shepherdess. And of course, King David, one of the greatest kings in all of history, was also a shepherd. Dad would often recite to me a song written by King David. It was one of my favorites because it described God as our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I need. He gives me rest and food to eat. He leads me beside quiet waters. He gives life to my soul. He shows me the right way to live for His glory. Even when I face really difficult and scary times in my life, I don't need to be afraid because God is still with me. His shepherd tools comfort me. He provides for my needs even when my enemies surround me. He pours oil on my head. I am overflowing with joy. God will surround me with his goodness and mercy as long as I live, and when I die, I will go to live with him forever. As I guarded our family's sheep, I would often repeat that song of David to myself. I felt comforted knowing that God cares for me in the same way I help care for our flocks. There have definitely been times when I felt scared and alone, like the time a hungry leopard attacked our little flock. I was so terrified I didn't know what to do. But then I remembered I don't need to be afraid because God is with me. Grabbing my club, I ran toward the leopard. Leave my sheep alone, I screamed. I picked up a large rock at my feet and hurled it at the leopard. The rock missed, but the animal was startled and ran off into the woods with his tail between his legs. I could tell you so many stories of my adventures out on the hillside, but one story in particular stands out in my memory. It was a night I will never, ever forget. A few years back, my dad and I, along with my brothers and uncles and cousins, were guarding the sheep on a rocky hillside outside of Bethlehem. The sun was just starting to slip down behind the hills, and the damp spring air was beginning to get chilly. I pulled my shawl closely around my shoulders to keep warm. My dad had built a fire to cook our dinner, roasted goat meat, dried figs, and barley cakes. The fire would also help to keep wild animals away from the sheep. I sat down on a flat rock by the fire, stretching my hands toward the flames as I tried to warm my cold, stiff fingers. 
Next to me, my cousin Hannah was attempting to stay warm as well. She snuggled closer and offered to share her wool blanket with me. Hannah was also learning to care for her family's sheep. Hannah's dad and brothers huddled together around their family fire pit just a few yards away. I handed Hannah one of my barley cakes. It's going to be a long night, isn't it? I sighed. Sure is, Hannah replied. I wish I were sleeping at home on my mat, but dad says it's important for us to spend the night with the sheep, especially since so many baby lambs are being born this time of year. I know, I replied. Last night there were six new babies born. They were so cute and wobbly and helpless. Dad let me hold one and dry it off so it wouldn't get too cold. The lambs are so slimy and wet when they're first born. Have you ever helped to swaddle one of the lambs? Hannah asked. Dad told me it's important to wrap them tightly in strips of cloth to make sure they don't get bruised or injured. The temple in Jerusalem won't allow any defective lambs to be used for sacrifices. I didn't like to think about the helpless little lambs being killed as a sacrifice in the temple, but I knew there was no other way. Jewish law stated that the blood of animals had to be offered to God in order for our sins to be forgiven. I stared at the flickering red flames as I snuggled closer to Hannah. The fire popped and crackled, filling my nose with the sweet scent of smoldering pine and roasted goat meat. My thoughts drifted back to the song of King David. God is my shepherd. He will take care of me. Hmm, just like I am helping to take care of these helpless baby lambs. When I was a little girl, I always loved hearing the old stories about God. Dad would go to the synagogue every Sabbath to listen to the scriptures being read. He would come home and repeat to us the stories from the Torah, our sacred book of laws and history. I had grown to love the stories about Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, King David, and the prophet Isaiah. For hundreds of years, God has been so faithful to our people, even though we have often turned away from him. My favorite times were when Dad would tell us about the promised child, the Messiah, the one whom God would send to rescue us and fix our broken world. Our people have been waiting for the promised child for thousands of years. Sometimes it feels as if we'll be waiting forever. You see, God had made a promise to Adam and Eve way back in the Garden of Eden. He promised that one day the promised child would come and crush the head of the serpent. God's most evil enemy. Then later, God told Abraham that the promised child would come through Abraham's family, the Jewish nation. God then told King David that the promised child would be a king who would reign on David's throne forever. The prophet Isaiah wrote that a baby would be born and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Oh, peace. It felt like our land was anything but peaceful at that moment. The Roman ruler, Caesar Augustus, was basically in charge of our whole land. He charged taxes and set up rules for us to follow. Just a few months before, Caesar had declared that all the people in the kingdom must go back to the city where they were born to register and be counted. With so many people in town for the census during those days, I was glad for an excuse to escape from the hustle and bustle of the busy streets of Bethlehem. I enjoyed those peaceful evenings out on the hillside. As I watched the wobbly little lambs nuzzling up to their mothers and listened to the bleeding of sheep echoing through the valley, a sense of security enveloped my heart. I leaned my head against Hannah's shoulder and drifted off to sleep. 
questions for discussion and imagination. Do you think you would have enjoyed being a shepherd in Bethlehem? Why or why not? Abigail said her people have been waiting for the promised child for thousands of years. What did you learn about this promised child and what was he going to do? What can we learn about God's character from this story? That concludes part one of The Night the Angels Got Lost. Stay tuned next week for part two. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you that you are the sacrificial lamb sent to take away our sins and cleanse us from the filth and muck of this world. Thank you that you came all the way down to earth. You gave up your throne in heaven to be born as a helpless baby, to a poor family, to be welcomed by the outcasts of society. You came for the poor, for the lonely, and for the lowly. You came to give us hope and peace. Please help me to fully grasp the significance of your birth this Christmas season, and please instill in my kids a passion for your glory. Amen. So as I mentioned before, if you don't want to wait till next week to listen to the end of the story, you can download a free copy of The Night the Angels Got Lost. And if you go to www.christmasstory.faith, you can download your own free copy. And in addition, when you sign up for my mailing list, you will receive a free copy of my ebook, The Promised Child, 25 Days of Scripture Readings About the Coming of Jesus. I mentioned last week that I would love to hear from you, and I have a new phone number just for this podcast that you can call. Do you have a special Christmas tradition that you do as a family that helps you to keep Christ at the center of Christmas? Give me a call, and you just might hear yourself in an upcoming podcast episode. Leave me a message at 717-723-9338 and tell me how your family tries to keep Christ at the center of Christmas. Feel free to let me know about a favorite resource or an activity that you love. And don't worry, I won't actually answer the phone. You can just leave me a voice message. And I will be including these messages in an upcoming episode of the Family Bible Connection podcast. Our featured book today is Unwrapping the Greatest Gift. A Family Celebration of Christmas by Anne Voskamp. And here is the little blurb from Amazon. It says, Unwrap the greatest gift with your family this Advent season with vivid, full-color illustrations, downloadable ornaments, and moving scenes from the Bible. This book is a gift your whole family can experience each day leading up to Christmas. It includes devotions by Anne Voskamp, daily scripture readings, discussion questions, meaningful Advent activities, and beautiful illustrations. Person by person, story by story, retrace the lineage of Jesus. Fall in love with him all over again as you experience God's plan of salvation for us, from the Garden of Eden to the manger and beyond. And I have an affiliate link for you in the show notes that you can um, go to Amazon. So I do have my own copy of this book, and it is very similar to Anne's book, The Greatest Gift. If you have read that book, it is a Christmas devotional for adults that goes through the lineage of Jesus leading up to his birth uh, throughout the whole Old Testament. It is definitely in Anne Voskamp style. 
So the language in this book, in the Christmas book, may be difficult for young children to understand. I really enjoyed it and I loved the illustrations. So your kids will love the illustrations even if you have to paraphrase a little bit as you're reading to help them understand what it's talking about. Um, But the illustrations are beautiful. The ornaments, you can go to her website and get printable ornaments, which I have done, and then we hung them up. And those are really beautiful as well. So that is my featured book for today. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 13 of the Family Bible Connection with Laurie Christine, where together as moms, we will cling tightly to Jesus as we create a Christ-centered culture in our home. If you found value in this episode, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a written review in iTunes, and then share this episode with a friend. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources to help you create a Christ-centered culture in your home, go to familybibleconnection.com.